You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. Well, Taylor, we're back from our uh, one week off. Kind of two weeks. Our little holiday. Our little holiday where we still put out an episode. It's not like we were on hiatus. We work hard for our listeners. We worked, <laughs> we, one week we worked extra hard so that we could have one week off. Exactly, exactly. We, two for one and this way you can, we can rest for a week. Um, gave me time to go see some movies because I managed to get to all three movie theaters in Kingston. So today we can compare my experiences at all three theaters um, as we're, as we're kind of getting back to people seeing movies. Yeah. You were my guinea pig. So based on your experiences, I may or may not be going to the movie theater this week. (laughs) Well, one thing I will say right now um, about it is that uh, there were not a lot of people all three times that I went. That's my preferred movie going experience to be honest. So maybe this is going to be really sweet for me. You probably would. So, because I, I, you know, Landmark, I think, had the most people. No, i sorry. Cineplex had the most people because I went yeah. to see Jurassic Park at Cineplex. And that had the most. Um, but at the screening room and at Landmark, like, aside from, from like, me, there were maybe two other people there. Like, it was not, it was not busy whatsoever. And getting in and out was easy. But I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, we have so many fan questions to get to. I'm so excited. Well, a lot of people responded to our summer lists. Um, They have a couple things that we they think we forgot though. A couple movie suggestions. Oh, probably. A couple issues with your list, Taylor. So (laughs) that checks out. (laughs) So it fits in. But before we get to that, though, I want to quickly just a little anecdote, and this is kind of for you, Taylor. Cool. Um, So, in addition to the past two weeks going out to the movie theaters. I came to the realization, and this is going to sound dumb, but sometimes I come to realizations later than than I uh, other people do. You can, with your Amazon Prime, rent movies in addition to the movies that you just get. I knew you could rent. I had no idea. I like. I. I mean, it, it makes sense, but it just didn't never even cross my mind. But I guess and, the question is, how do they charge you? Well, they charge you based upon you. They'll just add it to your account. Whatever okay. your your so your monthly bill will be you know the five dollars extra because it's about about four ninety nine gets you most movies and then some newer ones are more expensive. I um, don't pay a monthly fee for my Prime. You don't. I pay like a one a one lump sum once a year. Oh, you do a lump sum. Oh, okay. So they probably would have to bill you in addition yeah. to the. I would imagine. Um, but my point being is is I I actually went down. The Conjuring Universe rabbit hole this past weekend. <laughs> Fun. Um, I don't know what happened. I think I made. I think I, I was like, okay, I've seen. I know I've seen the Conjuring. That's what I was thinking. And I've seen like what I thought was all the Annabelle movies because those are the ones that I more saw and was. That's how I was introduced to it. Um, but then I saw. I, I did. Sorry, rewatched the Conjuring. Watched the Conjuring two and watched Annabelle comes home because I realized I'd never seen that because um, I guess that was the most recent Annabelle movie. Yeah, I gave it a good review. You did, yeah. I, I saw the one prior to that, which was at a couple years. Set in prior. the orphanage. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 was, I thought of you when I was doing that because I was like, I know you love this universe. And boy, did they do a great job of building this universe. Now that I've seen multiple films in it, like it's, yeah. it's really, I'm, I'm into it. I think for like some of them, like – as a universe, some of the movies stumble, but like as a mm-hmm. whole, like I think they've done a really good job of crafting kind of this world. Like they all did, of the movies yeah. make sense. You're like, yep, they this did. would happen in the Conjuring universe. And what I thought was interesting is about, um, so I watched the Conjuring and then I watched the Conjuring too. And then what I thought was interesting about Annabelle comes home was they set up characters you, you were familiar with but it was an Annabelle movie, but it was also kind of a Conjuring movie, which is exactly what the MCU does yeah. so well. Is It's like, well, it's a Captain America movie, but everyone's in it, but it's going to feel like a Captain America movie. And I thought they did a great job with that. Like Annabelle Comes Home was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. 
and I really enjoyed it because it felt like a Conjuring movie, but it was also an Annabelle movie. Like it was very, it was very cool how they do that. So the only ones I now haven't seen is that um, what's the one that that's the based in Los Angeles? The um, I think it's the is it the Spanish name La La Jarona? Oh, I haven't. Yeah, the I will forget the I name of it. I am thinking of the right one, right? You are thinking of the right one. It's okay. like a mom ghost, like the ghost steals kids. Right. Okay. So I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen the nun yet. But I guess other than that, I can caught up in the Conjuring universe. And I haven't seen that other one either, the one set in Los Angeles or wherever. Um, yes. But from my under, like from reading reviews and stuff, the two you've missed out on are probably two of the worst. Okay, the- so that makes me feel better because I actually have no interest in watching the Nun because I was I've ne- I don't usually get scared during a movie, maybe maybe a little like startled, but never actually frightened. But that Nun in The Conjuring Two, I couldn't even handle it. <laughs> She's awful. I really liked the Nun. Um, and I saw it with my friend Emma, who I watched the Conjuring movies with, and Emma really enjoyed it too. But it actually has some of the worst reviews of the really? Conjuring movies. Do you think I should watch the Nun? I liked it, so I would say go for it. But just know but that it's so, so. How okay? Here, so this is the ultimate test here because you're you're my horror expert. <laughs> my level of fear for the Conjuring two for the Nun scenes. Suit, like was more so than any other of the Conjuring movie scene moments. Like the nun scenes were, I was like, I, I can't even, I can't even deal with this. I think you'll and find my, it scary. Okay, so I will find the nun scary. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna save that for a, a sunny Sunday afternoon. Because she looks the same, and you see her more in the nun. No, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to think about it right now. <laughs> I've never, I've never been more freaked out in my entire life. Um, like I just, I couldn't handle it. Um, yeah, I'll save that for a sunny Sunday afternoon, or at least when someone's in your apartment with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I won't watch it alone. <laughs> Definitely won't watch this one alone. There's no way. Um, anyway, just thought I would throw that out there. So like you uh, got my update of I when I was at home, I was still watching movies via Amazon Prime, just renting whatever I didn't have. I had some of my on-demand stuff with Crave and some of the stuff I already have. Like I had some of the Annabelle stuff, so I was able right. to watch some of that. But Conjuring 2, I had to rent. Um, and it was worth it, really worth Good. it. Um, let's get to some of these fan questions, a uh, bunch to go through. So we'll, we'll go through them. As I said, a lot of these do refer specifically to our list last week. So let's, uh, let's do those ones first. Fun. Um, so this first one comes from Liz, who actually was one of the people who we didn't get her comments from the 100th episode because of that issue with the website, but right. she included them here. Uh, so Liz says, sorry that my email didn't go through the first time. I just wanted to send along my congratulations on your first 100 episodes. I also wanted to share my favorite moments of the show, which is every time you do any sort of special holiday episode. So you can imagine that I actually really loved your top summer movies. I at first thought it was going to be movies that came out in the summer, but was delighted that it was more thematic to the summer. So I love that as well as you breaking down the IMDb top 100 movie list. A few of my top summer movies that were not on your lists would include Adventureland, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and a classic from my childhood, Babysitter's Club. Thank you both. Have a great week. Babysitter's Club, Liz, yes, Chef's Kiss. I can't believe I didn't remember that one because I was kind of going down a nostalgic path with my summer movies. Great, great pick. Oh, my gosh. And... um. Liz, you might not know this. Netflix has done a Babysitter's Club reboot. It's a television show. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it's getting pretty good reviews. So maybe after re-watching The Breakfast Club, the movie came out in the 90s. Most 90 girl, 90s girls will remember it. Maybe uh, head over to Netflix and catch the, the series. And maybe, hopefully, it'll be as good as the, the original movie. I've, I've never seen it. I'm not surprised. It's very (laughs) like you don't have. Do you have any sisters? I can't remember. I have an older sister. Yeah, your I'm your older sister probably would have watched it. It's not. 
it doesn't even really ring a bell. I mean, I'll have to ask her, but I mean, I remember there was a movie of, of um, Little Women that came out that my sister watched. Like, I remember that, but I don't yeah, remember Babysitter's Club. Babysitter's Club has, like, Rachel Lee Cook when she was, like, 13. Is this a 90s show or was it earlier? It's a 90s movie. Like, it probably oh. came out in, like, 94 or 95. Because it was, a, it was, they're books, right? Like, this, yeah. is a, this is a book series turned movie. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Thanks, Liz. But thank you, Liz. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Kira, who also um, responded after we did not get uh, her comments for the 100th episode, but she just moved on from that. Um, she wants to talk about The Prince's Bride. She says, <laughs> of course, you have to include The Prince's Bride. This is also sarcastic if people can't uh, read my tone here. I'm honestly not a fan of the movie. Uh, I find it moves pretty slow and it takes forever to get to the core part of the movie, which to me is the journey to save Buttercup, how original. I'm just not a big fan of it. Uh, I'd, um, I would have included something more in line with Wes Anderson films, which I know, Taylor, you are a fan of. I'm shocked that he wasn't represented more in this summer list. So Kira, not a fan of The, uh, the Prison's Bride. Oh Thank you. <laughs> I was about to say that Breakfast Club, we know. Uh, Princess Bride. Uh, but she wants to know why there's not more Wes Anderson here. Calling you out on your Wes Anderson fandom, Taylor. I know. I guess when I was thinking about summertime, like I was thinking about a very specific feeling and like scent memory. And again, a lot of my picks were a throwback to my youth because you know, you think about summertime, you think about being out of school, running around yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah, and um, sure, I could have picked Moonrise Kingdom. That's two young kids on summer holiday. But it just didn't really capture like my summertime. And honestly, guys, uh, Wes Anderson appears on all my lists. Like everyone knows that I, I support Wes Anderson. Um I didn't think he needed to be on a summertime yeah. list, but even Let's like say he gets enough love yeah. from this podcast. So. Life Aquatic <laughs> takes place in the summertime. Um, yeah. The Darjeeling yeah. Limited, um, even if it's not summertime, it's in India, so it feels like hot, hot, hot. So sure, yeah, I could have included Wes Anderson, but I think I talk about him so much, and it just isn't necessarily um, like Taylor Summer, like right. Wes Anderson would not have been the director to direct my summer growing up let's put it that no. way um, no and that, that's kind of what we were talking about yeah. and like what you're saying now about last week was it's more uh the feel yeah the feel you get from the movie not necessarily you know the setting or even when it came out but the feeling of summer um i do want to point out she's not the only person who had some negative things to say about the princess bride so Lori also wrote in and said i'm surprised that the princess bride can make a top 10 anything movie list it is so boring and completely overrated as a love story or a comedy what scene in that movie is remotely funny taylor you should probably just repurpose that dvd as a coaster so both Lori and kira are, are in agreement here they're, they're not big fans of the princess bride um it made it made your list um i think it's a really good pick for some movie and i i don't find it boring at all i think it's actually quite action-packed and funny and moves well. So shout out to Lori. This is my supervisor. And um, she is so wonderful. She started to listen to the show. And um, her favorite directors are Quentin Tarantino right. and um, Guy Ritchie. So I said, you know what? Like, given your, your track record, Lori, um, this movie probably isn't for you. I was almost, I was kind of surprised that she didn't like it because I just think everyone likes The Princess Bride. But clearly, Lori is in good company. Um, Kira also does not like The Princess Bride. It's yeah. hard. It's hard when you love something so much to look at it objectively, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm like, how can Lori not like The Princess Bride? But Lori's on the flip side. How can Taylor like like it? So if so, she likes, I mean, if she likes Guy Ritchie and Quentin Tarantino, that's a very different style. Like I'd say those two directors are relatively close to each other in terms of you're going to see very fast pace everything. Yeah. You know, the dialogue's quick, the the action's quick, the cuts are quick. So it does make sense. 
But I don't know. I, I want to answer a question about the remotely funny thing because objectively, I think the the cameo from Billy Crystal is hilarious in that movie. Um, that entire scene where they take the body of, of the dude. I can't remember his name right Wesley. now. Wesley. Wesley. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Take him to the to the place and, and they got to revive him. And, and he's he's saying how. He's oh, mostly oh, dead. He's mostly dead. Yeah, like that type of stuff. And then, you know, the, the the his wife comes running in and screaming at him because he says, No, I he's not they're like, Oh, true love. That's that's he why he wants to be Yeah, I think that's an objectively funny Or Mowage. <laughs> like, like so yeah. many I don't know, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I well that whole sequence of bringing him back from the dead, I think, is very, very funny. I think for me personally, I feel like the Princess Bride has something for everyone, but clearly yeah. in Lori and Kira's cases, mm-hmm. it did not have something for them. And that's and okay. And that's no, why I encourage Lori to write in because we love when fans don't agree with us. Yeah. And here we have two fans yeah. who are yeah, that's the thing. Lori's in good company. Like you gave her good advice because she wrote in and someone else agrees with her. So clearly it doesn't resonate with everybody, which um, is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's actually, we'll get to them later. There's a few fan questions later who like the Princess Bride. So we've got, we've got the mix. There's lots of different opinions on this movie, which again, I, I'm with you, Taylor. I actually thought this movie had, had like no opinions on either side of it. I thought everyone was just like, yeah, they either like, yeah, it's a good movie or they love, love it. I, I didn't think anyone universally loved. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, back to the, back to the fan questions here. We've got um, Ronald Coleman has written in. Uh, haven't heard from him in a while. Oh my gosh. Hello. Blast from the past. Yeah. A um, couple of those today, actually, there will be another blast from the past making their return in a few questions Ooh. just to tease that. Um, Ronald Coleman says, hello, Taylor and Mike. Uh, Ronald Coleman here. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Very well done. Uh, just wanted to reflect upon the opening weekend of the screening room. Mrs. Coleman and I attended the first screening on Friday night. I believe we were the third and fourth patrons to enter right behind your parents, Mike, who were the first and second in the grand reopening. I knew that that would happen. Uh, Wendy and her staff have done a great job in putting safety measures in place. I would encourage those who like going to the movies to go to the screening room. It's safe and a comfortable environment. The first movie we saw was Trip to Greece, the latest uh, with Coogan and Bryden traveling through Europe. The comic bantering between these two uh, and the scenery makes it a see it. The second movie we saw was a documentary, The Booksellers, which focuses on several booksellers in the New York area. This is a must-see for those interested in the printed book or even just with the history of the internet. We will be seeing Casablanca. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing this one on the big screen for the first time. Missed it when it came out in 1942. Have seen it several times on television, but never in an actual movie house. So my questions for each of you are, is there a movie that you have only seen on your television or computer that you would like to see on the big screen. All the best and continued success, Ronald Coleman. Yay, Ronald. Um, um, that's a good question. I think I've said it before on the show. I would love to have seen Gone with the Wind um, on a big screen. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor. Like a lot of movies I grew up watching with my Baba that um, kind of those classic Hollywood big bl- blockbuster when like blockbusters were still big even in terms of like cast sizes like how you know this was before um crowds were cgi like movies would right. have thousands upon thousands of extras <laughs> which yep. literally does not happen anymore i think gandhi was like the last movie where they didn't um cgi the crowd like gandhi they hired that many ac- extras that just does not happen anymore no. so kind of those like Big, big movies that I remember watching with my Baba growing up. Those ones I would have liked to see on the big screen. Because they were, those movies really were made at a time when people were going to the movies. It was an outing, a a spectacle. Um, The movies were big. The stars were big. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 I think anything from from that era would be big. There's actually quite a few 
movies that were on my list that I've now gotten a chance to see. Like I'll talk a little bit about it today, but Jurassic Park, the first one was one of them. I'm sure I did see this in a re-release when I was a kid, or maybe my parents took me to the theater, but it came out when I was very, very young. So I don't actually know, but seeing Jurassic Park in my adult life in the theater was, was kind of cool. And also Jaws, which I, I saw on the big screen. Um, first time I've ever seen it on a big screen recently as well. Um, but I, I'm kind of with you actually. So like I'm thinking a lot about um, the Ten Commandments, um, old westerns where you know you you had massive massive casts and met, like any any John Wayne movie just to, just to see it um, in in an actual movie theater would be really cool because I've never had that opportunity. I don't know if if you'd ever would again. Like if someone actually decided, okay, we're we're putting on um, you know, we're putting on the Ten Commandments. I think you—that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and you, you got to go see it, even though it's a long one. Those types of large, large, uh, epic films, I think, would be great to see. And they definitely were—you know—when a movie came out in the '50s, if you wanted to see that movie, you had to go to the movie theater. Like it yeah. wasn't like, oh, you're going to get it on VHS. Yeah. Afterwards, so. Yeah, there just seems something something about those movies. Just, yeah, they make you feel good. Next one comes from Kathy, who writes in and says, uh, Hello, Taylor and Mike. Um, oh, I copied the wrong information. Hold on. <laughs> we'll come back to her. We'll come back to it. There it is. There we go. Um, we were pretty excited when the screening room reopened. We were the first customers through the door. Wendy has done an amazing job, and we felt totally safe the entire time. We chose late afternoon movies to attend. This way, there wouldn't be any lineups. People wore their masks when out of their seats. Um, no one sits right beside you or in front of you. You actually have the whole row to yourself. You don't need to wear a mask when you're seated, only when you move around uh, like you would be at a patio or a restaurant. Uh, we saw The Invisible Man and thought it was great to see uh, in the theater on a large screen uh, as the fear factor was much more intense. I do believe this is the Elizabeth Moss Invisible yeah. Man. I think that, yeah, yeah, it wasn't the other one. We also saw Booksellers, a very interesting documentary on rare bookstores and fairs. The trip to Greece was the last uh, of our trip to the movies and we enjoyed all of them it was a funny beautiful with beautiful shots of greece casablanca will be next for us to see as well as clue which is going to be a lot of fun a great week of movies ahead from kathy so yeah i think um i'll, I'll just quickly echo that the screening room has done a great job at making you feel quite comfortable um, and safe when entering the theater. Now there is, uh, there's been a lot of misinformation and, and I yeah. think a lot of people don't know what to do about this whole mask thing because according to Kingston public health and according to what even the screening room eventually put out later, you're actually supposed to wear your mask while you're seated, but not while you're eating. Correct. The confusion that I have, and I brought, I've actually brought this up at, at, almost every theater I visited just in casual conversation with the staff is what, what would you, how would you classify if you're eating or not? So if the popcorn is on your lap and you just don't have it in your mouth at the moment, are you still technically eating it? And that's where they're like, well, okay. Like if you have your popcorn and you're, you're kind of consuming it through with the movie, yeah, you can put your mask down. But once you stop and you're not eating or drinking anymore, you should really put your mask back on. So that, that's the way it was kind of explained to me. I know that it's, could be confusing for people, but... There was a little bit of uh, confusion because at one point, um, masks were mandatory. And then for like a day, it wasn't. Yeah. And then KFLNA Public Health went back and said, no, actually, we do want you to wear masks. So there was like a 24-hour period where you didn't have to wear your mask while watching a movie. I did not get into a movie during that 24 hour period. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> so, and then, cause so the screening room did issue sign or issue an update saying good news. We don't have to wear a mask while watching a movie. And then a day later I got another email blast being like, actually, no, <laughs> you yeah. have to. So, um, I, I think I had mentioned it on our last episode. Definitely just wherever, whenever you're going out in public these days, 
it's in your best interest to research the policies um, before going out the door. Even if you think you know, everything is changing day by day, you know, go on the on the screening room website, go on their Facebook, whatever, just figure out what you need to do. Um, because yeah, it's we're all learning. Every yeah. day is a new day. Yeah. And every, you know, I think I think it's important for everyone just to kind of remember that like everyone's learning. We're all going through this. You know, if everyone just takes a breath in these situations, we'll all sort it out. We'll sort out the policy. I know, as, as I said, all three times I went to the theater, they weren't even really that busy. And I was seated in a row by myself with, with you know, with someone who's either with me at the theater or, or by myself. So I'm, you know, I, I would be more inclined to take my mask off, enjoy my popcorn and just kind of watch the movie and make my popcorn last the movie is basically what I did. And it wasn't a problem. Where there, if there were more people in there, I probably would have put the mask back on as soon as I'm done eating. Um, because it's not just about my comfort level. It's about other people as well. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I think, frustration and nerves out there from a lot of people. And I think it's, it, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Taylor. I think everyone just research, but also don't be afraid to ask questions. The staff's very knowledgeable at all three theaters. Like they'll give you the kind of the instructions. And if you follow it, it's, it's, you know, going to be a good movie experience for you. And be nice. Be nice. Be nice to all the service people you encounter, whether at the movie theater or elsewhere. You should really just be nice to people in general. Yeah. There's almost <laughs> no circumstance where you should being be mean. mean to someone is a good idea. Even when someone's mean to you, it's not like it just all you're doing is escalating the situation. Like there's almost no reason or excuse to give of like, oh, you can treat somebody poorly. So yeah, from from the screening and Kingston crew, we say be nice to everybody. Be nice. Uh, next up is Josh, who has a couple questions for us. Uh, Josh says, oh, hey, uh, for both of us, uh, what was the most disappointing movie that you've ever watched in terms of your own expectations for the film? So Josh is asking us, have we ever been disappointed by our own expectations? Um, Yes, I have been. The Joker I've, I've, for both of us. Yeah, Joker. Like I, I've through hype and my own expectations for something. I think the Joker is the big example of that. You know, you, you you go there expecting something pretty phenomenal, and everyone else loves it, and you and I were like, we don't like this movie. It was a. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills moment. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It's I, we did because we did an episode on the Joker. But then I'm pretty sure followed up and talked about it for several weeks. And still people were writing in telling us we were <laughs> wrong and that they love it. And that's fine. I mean, it's everyone's entitled to their own opinion when it comes to movies. But you and I were on the same page. We did not like that movie. It did not meet our own expectations. I think that's the one in like most recent memory. I was disappointed by The Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, because I had liked The Witch so much. Yeah. And I just was kind of bored watching the lighthouse but that was my own fault right like you yeah try to you, go... I, think, I think that's what he's asking is, yeah. is for us when we overhype it and the lighthouse you yeah if you really like the witch you probably thought i'm gonna love this like to me the dead don't die was another yeah. example of like i you know bill murray adam driver like all these great people in it like it's it's a it's a zombie comedy i, I was 100 on board i'm like that's everything i like zombies comedy like it's a mix of horror and comedy people that i like in it and it was just awful it was uh, <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> nothing more to say yeah, on that well, uh... <laughs> um, uh, next question for both of us he says if you could recast the lead actor or actress of any movie who would it be and why? That's a tough hmm. one. <laughs> well, I think the one, again, a recent, not really recent, recent example, but one that like, maybe I, I wouldn't necessarily recast, but I would go back on what the original casting was. Is I, I really want to see the Bohemian Rhapsody with. Um, oh, we uh, had mentioned that with um, yeah. uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Thank you. Sasha Baron Cohen. Seeing, seeing him who, who is uh quite a strong singer in the role singing the parts himself. I actually kind of want to see that version of that movie. No, I have nothing against Remy Malek. I just think 
when I heard Sasha Baron Cohen, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like he's playing Freddie Mercury. Like that's that's really interesting. I think he has the a- acting chops and the vocals. That yes, and, and I had said that initially when um, when I had reviewed Bohemian Rhapsody, I had said um, essentially like not even I want to see the movie that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make as him in the star because he parted ways with the project because he I if I remember correctly had artistic differences he wanted to do the singing they wanted to actually do a vocal track and um I think they paint the movie as one thing when it's another thing you know um they Doesn't say, it sound like though the the version that he wanted to do is more matching with the version we would have liked more? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's like I don't even really want to recast Bohemian Rhapsody. I just want to see the movie that Sacha Baron Cohen yeah. wanted was yes. envisioning. And yeah, sounds, what was what was his vision for that? Yeah. And it sounds more like they want to. He wanted to make, and maybe I'm wrong, but I would have liked him to see him as in like a Freddie Mercury biopic. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, like yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, they're like, it's a movie about Queen. Queen when really it's yeah. like, no one, sorry to the rest of Queen, but Freddie Mercury's the draw. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a really good example. Yeah. I can't um, think off the top of my head anyone that I would want to necessarily recast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough. I would still like to see... Zach Efron, I think, did a good job for what it was for um, in that wickedly, you know. Oh, the Ted Bundy movie? Yeah. I'd like to see a Ted Bundy movie, maybe not with Zach Efron, or maybe. Oh, you didn't think he. I thought he was quite good. I wanted, I think, I, I at first didn't really like the casting choice for Zach Efron, but he actually really won me over. So it's like, yeah. I want to see him play Ted Bundy again. In a different oh, I see. movie. So you want him to be Ted Bunny again, but in a better movie. Yeah. Just like I want to see Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker again in a better movie. I'd like to see him with a different director. I'd like to see him in, with Robert Pattinson. Oh, that would be great. I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that Because Matt Reeves is, is, I believe, directing those Batman movies. And he, yeah, he did the, all the recent Planet of the Apes movies, which are all phenomenal. So, yeah, I think that would be that would be great. Yeah, so we're kind of answering the question more with we would shift people around a little bit. <laughs> like the casting was right, the movie was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like just like I'd like to see, uh, you know, a her smell movie with an actress that isn't as good, so I can really hate every aspect of that movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, last question from Josh: What's the worst ending to a TV or streaming series that you've seen? Oftentimes, I get if I anticipate that the ending is not going to be what I want, I don't watch it. So oh, really, yeah, I <laughs> you just fail on it completely. Yeah, like I'm like yeah. I'm so emotionally invested in this show yeah. that I you know just don't this, want it ruined. Yeah, so that happened with <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Like when I read how Sons of Anarchy ended, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch like the last two episodes. Um, really? Yeah, because I was just like. That's not how I would have ended this show. Like, no, thank you. Um, So that kind of is the only one that really sticks out in my mind where I'm just like, what? Um, I remember not liking how Penny Dreadful ended, like the original season with Eva Green. Um, Oh, okay. Now they've like done a, they've done like a new incarnation of Penny Dreadful, but it's a completely different cast and time period. Um, but, like, I can't even remember how it ended. I just know that I was like, what? Like, that's the ending? Yeah. Um, so those are the two that kind of really stick out in my mind. Yeah. For me, it's just Game of Thrones was an oh, atrocity. Oh, yeah. That was a crappy ending. <laughs> and I think what made it worse was just the attitude and tone of the creators, which is almost like, what? What do you want from us? And it's like, what do you... You should be, you should be grateful we've given you... Yeah. Yeah, we're working on Star Wars, and then they quit Star Wars <laughs> or got fired. Unknown. Big <laughs> question mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you, Josh. Signed off as the Inquisitor. I got people like to do little sign offs now. Yeah, but you know who gave him that name? Tyler uh, Vance. Did he? 
Yeah, Tyler Vance gave him that name. So Josh oh, can't take credit. Bingo card. Yeah, it's oh, on the- I didn't realize. I completely forgot about that. Like, I completely forgot that Tyler gave him that name. It's all credit to to him. <laughs> I got to read this bingo card because I completely forgot Josh was even in it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, so I'll reread that. Um, okay. Uh, Tyler is actually up next. Speaking of Tyler Vance, he's up next. Um, hello, Mike and Taylor. Hope you enjoyed your week or so of no recording. Everybody needs a break once in a while. We can't have Kingston's premier film podcasters burning out. That's true. <laughs> we are the best Kingston-based film podcast. And the only one. And the only, hey, that's why we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about how many there are, Taylor. It's about who's on top. Um, I really enjoyed your summer movie list. What about Bob and the Sandlot were particularly inspired choices. I might have added Die Hard with a Vengeance and Star Trek or The Voyage Home, but that's just me. It's interesting to me that there is such a thing as a summer movie, not necessarily a movie set in summer, but a movie that feels like summer. I can't really think of a spring or autumn equivalent, maybe planes, trains, and automobiles for the latter. Thoughts? To answer a question you asked um, of your audience a few weeks ago, I probably won't be going to a theater for a while. For Toronto is is dense and full of terrors. Uh, I'll risk it once the independent theater the review opens up in the fall. But in the meantime, I have no strong urge to run out to a Cineplex, maybe a drive-in. We still have one of those out there. Uh, looking forward to future programming. Sincerely, Tyler, Scaredy Cat, Vance. Um, I think that's perfectly fair. I think a lot of people match Tyler's um, feelings on that, about what, wanting to wait a bit before running out to the theater. Oh, yeah, I'm a Scaredy Cat. I mean, I haven't rushed out. I am likely... Having heard, like, generally what I'm hearing about Kingston and how things aren't too, too busy, I am going to go to the movies probably on Friday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, I think it's good that people are being more nervous. You know what I mean? I, like, a good dose of fear is okay in a pandemic. Like, what's, what's the worst thing that can happen if you're extra cautious? Yeah, you stay healthy you know? and you live. Yeah, that's it. Like, the, there's no... You know, that's fine. Like, there, there's lots of us guinea pigs who go out there. Like, I went to see movies. I was comfortable and confident in it. But I'm not going to judge someone for not. I wasn't like, Taylor, what are you doing? Go see a movie. Like <laughs> Tyler Vance, we're risking our lives so that you don't have to. We will exactly. continue to bring you your movie reviews. Um, I want to address his point about other, um, uh, other seasons. Like, Seasons, because I actually, something that Tyler brought up here about Star Trek, I actually didn't put Star Trek on my summer list because Star Trek to me is a fall for films. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is because some Star Trek movies didn't come out (laughs) in the fall, but some did. And for whatever it is, I don't even stream Star Trek, unless I'm sad, until like the fall and winter. Like, I don't know if it's just because Star Trek as a TV show was never on in the summer, but all, like, I always do, like, this November, I will do a rewatch of every Star Trek film. Like, I will binge the whole, like, all, every Star Trek movie I'll watch, but November is when I get that urge. Like, it's after Halloween, November, early December. I'm in this. So, to me, fall, early winter is 100% Star Trek season. I would just, like, off the top of my head, because we're kind of thinking of like shoulder season movies. Father mm. of the Bride. Oh, Father of the Bride. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, Like it could be spring or fall. It may very well take place um, in the summertime. But to me, like it could be a spring or a fall movie. The second movie I know takes place during the summertime. But I don't think the first one does. I, I thought, isn't, doesn't he have a fall wedding? I don't remember. I like, I'm trying to look at the pictures. I feel like they live in like i don't know in a state where like it never snows but I think like california i think they live in california so it could very well be um yeah. it could be any season yeah. but anyways any that that's going to be my shoulder season movie yeah. father of the bride absolutely uh, but thank you, uh, Tyler, for that, and hope, stay safe out there. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, you'll get to the movies in the fall. Um, 
uh, next comment here, I actually, I noted my phone, unfortunately, isn't loading. I want to get this right because Nicole sent us, a, your friend Nicole yeah. sent us an Instagram message. Um, I know she was talking about American Pie 2. I believe she said that she was just saying to her partner that they need to watch American Pie 2 in the summer. Um, okay, my phone's loaded up. Sorry. Uh, so she says, listening to summer movies, uh, I thought uh, in the first bit, I was like, American Pie 2, but... I bet it won't be on any lists. It's funny that literally yesterday I was saying to my partner that we need to watch American Pie 2 before the summer draws to a close. So there you go. We met Nicole's expectation because American Pie 2 made it onto both of our lists. Um, and I, I agree of it's like in the summer, it's one of those movies that I'm like, I got to I gotta put on one of the American Pie movies. Like it just feels summer. It feels like an August movie. Like summer is yeah. winding down. You know, it's hot during the day, but cool's, cool in the night. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree. Um, Chris, fan of the show, is back. Yes. He also wanted to chime in about Princess Bride. Oh. So Chris writes, it's me. I am back. Your fan. Love me some Princess Bride. But the real question here is, who really is Buttercup? Signed, Chris. <laughs> Classic Chris question. I don't. I don't is it understand. Rhetorical? Like, who is Buttercup in in the or like? Like, is this a rhetorical question? That's what I want to know. I don't know, but we'll leave it because <laughs> I don't even know how to answer it. But I well, love it. Robin Wright played Buttercup. Yes. Right. Correct. Yeah. So there you go. That's one answer. Um, that would have been the answer I would have went with. <laughs> But also, I mean, I don't know. I always see that, like, I don't know. But Buttercup is kind of, is interesting because, I don't know. I always thought it was interesting how the, that movie was framed with the conversation with the sick boy and his grandfather comes to read him a story and he's like, this is going to be boring and mushy. And then it ends up being, a, but he ends up liking it. So, I don't know. I always found that, like, Buttercup was like a surprise type of character for the kid and, and, and sort of the movie. Yes. And, and Laurie's right. In some ways it's, it's kind of a cliche, but I feel like it, it works within the cliches in a really cool way. And that's what makes it interesting. I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the whole storybook feeling to it. I feel like Buttercup is kind of central to that. And I think she operates like, she makes decisions that make sense given the context of the yeah. structure of the film. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So, so Chris, if that's what you mean, then that's who Buttercup is. If you're talking about the actor, Robin Wright, <laughs> but otherwise we don't know what you mean. I believe uh, Robin Wright was married to um, Sean Penn for a while. Okay. There you go, Chris. Married to Sean Penn. Um, <laughs> Feel free to follow up with us, but I'm glad you like Princess Bride because we've got Laurie and Kira who don't, and Chris likes Princess Bride. So there you go. Great. Um, Good counter. Yeah. Uh, last question um, is from Akil, who says, uh, hi, team. Loved hearing about your summer movie list. I'm quite partial to The Princess Bride myself, and because both of you brought it up, um, I finally watched Man from Uncle. Uh, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised. I'm not sure why this film didn't get more love when it came out. You both spoke so highly of it, and after watching it, I have to agree that it was really fun, smart, great performances all around, and a really enjoyable time. But I rarely hear about this movie from anyone. Uh, maybe it's my own limited movie circles, hence why I'm happy I found your podcast, but it also doesn't seem to ever come up other than here. How did you both come across Man from Uncle? Uh, and what, uh, what, why do you think people are less interested in talking about this movie. Thank you again for letting me be part of your podcast. Um, well, I'm glad, Akil, I'm glad you actually sat down and watched it from, from our recommendation and that you liked it. Yeah, that's we good both, news. We both love that movie. Love um, it. Uh, I think I saw it in theaters to answer the first question about where we came across it. Like, did you, Taylor, did you see it in theaters? Yep, saw it in theaters yeah. with my best friend Aaron Shures. Yeah, I think I, I went with a couple people. I think because it, it came out in the summer, I think. And I, yep. I went with a group to see it because I thought, oh, this kind of looks interesting. Didn't know much about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was really good. But I, yeah, seeing it in theaters was great. I thought it was a really good movie to see on the big screen. 
I think I probably heard about it um, just like normal uh, normal promotion. Like probably saw a trailer for it while watching another movie. Maybe saw like a yeah. poster and yeah. liked the look. Like very much I love that. Like uh, I love when filmmakers really commit to um a stylized production and guy Ritchie was like i'm making a 1960s spy movie and i'm not compromising and i loved it i read one thing um or maybe it was aaron who told me this she read the article some of the backlash was that audiences did not enjoy how stylized it actually was whereas like they were expecting like modern spy gadgets, but because everything was like period yeah. accurate or, you know, as accurate as it would have been in that time period, like instead of having digital clocks, there were, you know, they were analog and things like that. Um, apparently from what Aaron read, that put some movie goers off when it was actually what Aaron and I loved about the movie. Whether or not that's accurate, maybe it was just one review, I don't know. Um, but it's crazy to me that more people don't like it and don't talk about it. And it's rare to find someone who's also seen it. Maybe it, it suffered from poor marketing. Um, I don't think it pretends to be anything that it's... I don't think it pretends to be something that it's not. So I'm kind of surprised that people were like, oh, the gadgets look old. Well, yeah. Well, duh. Like it's yeah. it's a nineteen sixty. Yeah, I don't think he was tricking anyone at all. Spy like, movie. Think, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. No, and and you're right. Like other than you and now Akil and whoever I actually went, to, I don't even remember who who of my friends group went to see that movie with me. But like, I don't know anyone who's seen it, and and I I rarely hear people talk about it. I listen to a lot of other movie podcasts and movie YouTube things, and it doesn't come up that often. So. I, I'm with you, Akil. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, so we're all fans of it. And I, I'm glad you liked it from our recommendation. But to me, that's how a movie gets around. You got to recommend it to people and keep talking about it. Yeah. And then the other people like you will go, okay, I'm going to watch this. And then if they're happy with it, they'll recommend it to people. So yeah. I'm still really hoping against hope that there'll be a sequel. I think not. But <laughs> I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Like, I want there to be. But when... like, I doubt it. When there was the poster of it in the scene in The Gentleman, yeah, I was like, oh, is this a sign? Is so this a sign? it gave me false hope. <laughs> I feel like The Gentleman is the closest thing you'll get, just in terms of like, it's another Guy Ritchie film, yeah. very stylized, um, very well done. But like, again, it's like, I don't... It, at least the gentleman, more people saw it and more people talk about it than Man from Uncle. I know. Before. I can um, still hope. I, I'm just going to make sure here that we that, that was the last question because I had to go to my phone for Nicole's thing. So I just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. It looks like we're good. Okay. There you go. Thank you, everyone, for uh, writing in. And this became almost totally a fan episode. That wasn't intentional, but your it questions come in and we want to answer it. And <laughs> Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll quickly talk a little bit about, um, my movie going experiences. As I mentioned, I was able to go see a movie in all three theaters. We have a landmark, a cineplex and, uh, the, the screening room. So at the screening room, I saw the, uh, burnt orange heresy, uh, which is a very strange little movie. Uh, Speaking of the man from uncle, there is a cast connection. Is the oh, female uh, the female lead in that movie you saw is the villainess? Is she <laughs> okay? Because the whole time I was like, I know her from things, but I don't know she what. Plays and the Italian baroness or whatever. Like she's like the villain in the movie. There you go. Oh wow, you just like that blew my mind. <laughs> I completely like changed everything because I I I try my best not to look these things up anymore. Yeah. I feel like the internet nine DB kind of ruins it. I like the figuring it out. Who are these people? Right. And I wow, like the whole time, like I know I've seen her in things, but I just can't figure it out. There you go. She's in Man from Uncle. And she's okay. gonna play Princess Di in the last two seasons of The Crown. Great casting. Yeah. Uh for that, I think. Like that's a that's a she definitely looks the part. I can see it. She's a great actor. Yeah. Um 
performances in in this movie was great. I, I'll say, you know, performances were great. The the writing <laughs> was so weird, and the movie at at one point in time takes this turn. It, it for about um, it's only about just just about ninety minutes long, like kind of perfect movie size. For about an hour, though, the movie's one thing, and then the final half hour of movie completely turns on its head. Um, and and I, I found it was a little bit sloppy uh, directing and writing wise to get there. Um, but what I will say about this movie is, is that it has a lot of enjoyable moments in it. And there's actually some really great conversations, especially if you're an art fan, there's some really interesting conversations about art in general, because it's, uh, as I said, it's about a art critic who has basically been tasked to try to get a piece from a famous artist who's retired at the end of kind of his life. And he, they make this connection. He's trying to get this piece for someone else from him. Um, and he's an art critic who writes a lot of for magazines and books and things like that. So it's a, it's really interesting, the discussion they have, but I, again, the movie takes a really weird turn, has some strange editing moments, like odd cuts to, to scenes that I don't think quite, uh, quite worked, but, uh, the, that, so that's the burnt orange heresy at the screening room. Again, just to echo what's been already said about the screening room, they did a great job. Um, bought my tickets online, took two minutes. Very easy. Showed it when I got there, got my popcorn, went into the, the theater, sat down. No one in the row with you who you don't bring with you. So if, you, if you're going with people or someone, you'll be booked in a two or three or four seats, but you're the only one in that row. And it's great. Cool. Very comfortable. You feel safe the whole time. Um, popcorn's still great. I was going to say a million-dollar uh, question. Did you get popcorn? I did get popcorn. I actually got popcorn at two of the three theaters. I got Cineplex popcorn, and I got uh, Screening Room popcorn just to uh, get some popcorn again. Um, Recently? So yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. Recently, Dan and I um, bopped into the Cineplex just to buy popcorn. I, apparently you can do that. Yeah. I didn't even know you could we just walk it. in there. We were the only people in the theater. Um, I mean, people were obviously probably like in the theater watching in movies. The movie, yeah. But when we yeah. walked into the foyer, I said, hey, can I buy popcorn? And they're like, sure. So we did yeah, that. Yeah, I, I didn't even know. I mean, it makes sense you can do that. But I didn't know you could. Hey, why not? So what yeah, do you give? Not? So the burnt orange heresy, what a name. Yeah, um, yeah what a name. Uh, has a lot to do with the art and the pieces of art that the one artist played by Donald Sutherland, Canadian, um, Canadian, uh, great actor, uh, very, again, he's great in, in the great acting throughout. Um, I'm, I'm giving it a stream it just because I do think the directing and, and the writing take a weird turn. And there's lots of people who would come out of this movie being like, that was a waste of time. <laughs> like, it's just, it's yeah, one of those no. movies where, I was so happy to just be in the theater. I think I was going to enjoy almost anything. There's lots of aspects of this movie that are great, but are you really going to miss anything by watching it at home? You're not. So I'm going to give it a, a, a stream it for the, the burnt orange heresy. But the screening room, 100% go. If you're, if you're comfortable going to the movie theaters, know that they're taking good care of you. And it was great. I had a great time there. We should have, um, a, we should have a new rating of worth risking covid for yeah worth risking covid for yeah we'll save that for like the real uh you gotta run out to see <laughs> yeah we can add that in we whatever the whole rating system the minute i introduced the rating system to you taylor it went off in the different rails. directions anyway so <laughs> <laughs> whatever your whim is that week that's how you rate it um the next movie that i do want to talk about quickly because i won't spend much time on on jurassic park which i saw at the Cineplex. Again, Cineplex staff did a great job. The only biggest difference between the Cineplex and the screening room is the theaters are a little bit bigger, so you do get other people seated in the row with you, but there's four seats in between you and someone else. So it's it's still pretty good, and those seats are the massive big recliners, so it's quite a lot of space. Jurassic Park was 100% worth seeing on the big screen. See it, it's great. But I want to talk about the movie I saw at Landmark, which is called Peninsula. It's actually called the, the Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. This is a oh. Korean film. Is this um, a sequel? This is a sequel, but it's, it's, it's one of those sequels that's more of a spiritual sequel. Got because it. it's, you don't have to see the Train to Busan to, to see and understand what's going on in Peninsula. So th this is a series coming out of, again, it's a Korean film. So it, it's set 
in, in South Korea where a zombie apocalypse has happened, but it's 100% contained in this area. So this, this movie does a really good job, Peninsula, of setting up what you would have missed in The Train to Busan, which is a movie where you're basically following characters trying to get out of this area. So at the beginning of Peninsula, they catch you up really fast on what's going on. They explain the zombie apocalypse, how people from South Korea have basically become um, uh, derelicts throughout the world because they, they have nowhere to go. They don't have a home, and anyone who has survived and isn't infected is basically a refugee in, in somewhere else. So a lot of them are in Hong Kong. Uh, North Korea wouldn't take them in. Uh, it became, there's a lot of sort of political things going on, but basically in Peninsula, there's a, there's someone who, who finds a couple people who were survivors who were from the area and pays them to go back to get some of the money and some of the things, uh, things that zombies wouldn't care about that are left by other people. Right. So the movie is a really interesting adventure film. It's a it's a horror zombie zombie movie, but it's it's I I have to say I like Wait, very are impressed. zombies still in Korea? Yeah, they're one hundred percent there, but, but nowhere, they're nowhere else. else in the world. They're no no they're one hundred percent contained in this part of Korea because they were able to to completely basically border up Got and it. destroy all the bridges, and you're not allowed in. The, it, it's basically like a, a zone in the earth where you're not allowed to fly over. You're not allowed to go into the waters like there's high security around got it okay um and peninsula is basically about a group of four people who go back in and their adventures while they're back in there um specifically it follows a soldier whose sister um something happens to the sister at the beginning and the sister and his family and he's basically living with a lot of things that happened um, won't give everything away that happens to him, but you, he's your main character who you're following throughout this. He's a soldier who's now living in Hong Kong. He goes back with his his brother-in-law and these other people to to get some things. So um, it's again, it's a, it is a Korean film, so it's it's mainly in uh, in another language, and they are doing a lot of subtitling throughout there. But there's actually quite a bit of English that is also spoken in this film which is surprising to me. Like there's way more English than I thought there would be. Like even the, the Korean characters speak English at times. Um, so the filmmakers choose moments where they, they sort of speak English and when they don't. Um, but I never found it hard to follow. It, this movie did a really good job of, even though there are subtitles, it gives you time to read them. And you can tell by the characters and everything happening what's going on. Um, so I, I really found it a lot, a lot of fun, but that is the thing. This movie is a fun zombie movie. It does not take itself super seriously, but seriously enough for you to enjoy the ride while you're kind of. Right. You're like zombies exist. We know that, yeah. but yeah, we know that. But... we take that seriously, but here, here's a fast and a furious movie, but it's zombies. <laughs> All right. And it, it was fun. It was a really good time. I, I, you know, I didn't think I was going to give it this rating, but I'm going to say see it. Um, I'm going to say that that Peninsula is worth seeing because you never get a chance to see films like this. And that's one of the only real advantages, I think, to films in during COVID right now is you normally would not get an opportunity to see a film like this because it wouldn't have had the spot in the theater. There would have been other movies that would have yeah. taken the spot. We wouldn't have gotten this film um, from Korea, from somewhere else, from a, a filmmaker who could have a career in, in filmmaking all over the world if he wanted to. He's a, he's a pretty big director in, in Korea. He's done quite a few films there. But again, for North American audiences, for Hollywood, you could have another great director here. Um, and, and people going to see this movie will, will help that. So Train to Busan presents Peninsula. It's a see it for me. It is silly at times, but if you think of it as a fun zombie horror silly action. in a good way. A hundred percent in a good way. You enjoy, you come out of there with a smile on your face. You're enjoying it the whole time. Cool. Yeah. And there you go. So that's my quick run through. I just wanted to quickly talk about it. Cineplex Landmark and, uh, and Screening Room all did a great job. I'm 100% comfortable going to movies, but I understand if other people aren't. Um, but there you go. The Burnt Orange Heresy is, uh, was still playing. I don't know if it's got another week um, at, uh, at the screening room. But to me, it's a stream at any way. There's lots of other films you can see at the, at the screening room. Um, but uh, Train to Busan presents Peninsula. Definitely check it out. It's a, it's a see it for me. And then I saw Jurassic Park 
Love that movie. Great time. Cool. Uh, there you go. That brings us to the end of the episode, though. We're done. What a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> what a whirlwind. So much happened. Thank you to all our fans again for writing in. Uh, you make this show uh, fantastic every week. Um, stay tuned for, for more next week as we get back to theaters and see what else we can see out there. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.